Hey everybody, Josh Sheridan here with the Barely Legal Podcast. On today's show, we have royalty. We have Tampa royalty. If 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 you got a cello, <laughs> then she's got she's got what you need. Uh, if you got a need for cello, she's got what you need. Uh, it's her birthday today too. Yeah which is kind of this cool thing that is an unintended uh, kind of tradition now that I seem to be having a lot of people on on their birthday. So uh, if it's your birthday and you want to do a podcast, I, I offer my services, but, but th- this was not at her request. This was at my request. <laughs> um, I've had the opportunity now to see her play live a couple times. I saw her play with Will Quinlan uh, about four weeks ago, and it was just absolutely amazing. And she kind of plays with all of my favorite bands locally and you're kind of the utility player i mean you 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 fill a very specific need right is there is there any more of you in tampa or are you it (laughs) you're you're the only cello player in tampa (laughs) tom kersey plays a lot okay well there's tom too tom please Oh, I love the way Tom plays. Now, I was talking to somebody and they were telling me about that Jawbreaker cello cover that <laughs> Keith put out. Were you involved in that at all? I No, I didn't get to record any of that. That was Gordon Withers and he's fantastic. But at the last fest, I did get to play all of that with the cello ensemble. Oh, very cool. It very cool. Fantastic. Yeah, I, was, I think it was Paul Williams I was talking to about that. And he's like, ask her if she was involved in that. Ask her if she was involved in that. So you were involved in that. All right. So today's your birthday. Yes. Uh, what does that make you astrologically? Uh, 45. No, not your. <laughs> no. What What sign are you? Oh, I'm a Gemini. Gemini. Do you follow that stuff? Uh, sort of. Yeah. Every time I read something super negative, it's usually me. That's, so, no, I'm just that's more of a psychological. <laughs> no, yeah. someone posted this meme the other day. It's like in your head, everybody's mad at you. In reality, like they're not mad at you. But anyway, so, yeah, it's funny because I don't. I don't subscribe to that except for the negative stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's definitely <laughs> you the me. same thing. Yeah. yeah a, a Gemini, but. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and you also wore your Mr. Bungle shirt today, Yay! which I'm super stoked about. When I when I decided that I was going to uh, relieve myself of all of my <laughs> earthly possessions, specifically my metal and punk shirts, you got the Mr. Bungle. Mm-hmm. Um so uh take me back to the origins of you. Are you Florida originally or are you from somewhere else? I'm from, I was born in Miami and raised in Daytona. Grady uh, Irish? Yes, but I'm married. So my my original name is Castellano. Oh, now we may be related then. <laughs> Not me specifically, but my wife's family, uh Lisa Castellano and Norm Castellano. What? Yeah. Are they related to you? I, I don't know because my dad shut us out from a lot okay. of our family that were involved in things that he didn't want us to know about. So there's John Castellano <laughs> and Sammy Castellano, and they have a bunch of daughters and two sons, and they're a bunch of dentists. So if you see a bunch of Castellano dentists locally. I see that. Yeah, they're they're all relations. So, well, you look Irish. You don't look Italian. I know. Yeah. That's, yeah. You got the red hair and the, the, the light complexion. And the wicked temper. Well, that could go either and way. The, <laughs> and yeah. my, my love for whiskey. Well, that could go. Well, well, nowadays, everybody loves whiskey. So, Um, so uh, Miami. Okay. How long were you in Miami? For five years. Okay. And uh, do you have siblings? I do. My sister, Gina. Okay. Is a wicked awesome viola player. Really? Yes. Now, so is this something that you girls just decided you decided you're going to start doing or was it a musical family or my dad plays piano and guitar? Oh, wow. And my mom. 
my mom plays flute. Oh, wow. And they were both music educators. Okay. And so my dad taught in Brooklyn for a while, because that's where they're from. Sure. And then um, it got to be a little much, so they moved to Miami, but then all the riots happened. Oh, yeah. So then they moved to Daytona. Okay. so that's where we're from. You know things are bad if you're moving to Daytona to get away from riots and violence. <laughs> yeah. Bike week's a national holiday. Yeah, yeah. Races. You can yeah. go to the cars from our house. It's pretty awesome. Oh, wow. And and just such a cultural epicenter for chamber music and, and, and the type of <laughs> <laughs> instruments that you play. It's true. There, yeah. there was one orchestra teacher when I interned, and she taught the elementary, middle school, and high school. So I learned how to do all that. But before then, like my orchestra, quote, air quote, orchestra teacher was my choir teacher. And she figured out that me and another girl knew more than she did. So she sat in her office and watched us and we taught the classes. Very cool. So that's when I decided I'm like, well, it looks like this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> so you're a teacher as well. Mm -hmm. Are you a music teacher or? I am. And where do you teach? I teach at Shore Elementary for the arts. Okay. Very cool. I had uh, Woody Bond in the other day. Do you know Woody? He's no. a drummer for a bunch of bands, but he did, teaches music to special needs children, which I thought nice. was super cool. And he was mm -hmm. kind of telling me about how it gives them a, a vocabulary to kind of communicate and, and how it, they're teaching it. By sight, you know, colors are equal certain arrangements. And so you can pick colors in a certain order and it puts arrangements together. I thought that was pretty cool. So how long have you been a music teacher? 23 years. Oh, wow. And today was the last day for that. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to teach after. This well, sure. Point. But for the, for the <laughs> spring semester. Yeah. So I both my parents were school teachers and, you know, it was an interesting thing, uh, you know, this the summer months, because for them, it meant picking up spare jobs or finding other things to do with their time. Is that similar for you? Yes. But we do um, the school district offers uh it's called EYP and it's a program where they take a like 12% out of your pay uh -huh. and they put it away and they then amortize you, it for you. Right. And you get it all year. And so I just know that I'm not responsible enough to do that myself. So they do it for me. So we save enough money and we have our own savings too. Sure. So if I want to go teach or work or anything, then I do. This summer I'm doing um, an orchestra called Kids with a Call. Okay. And so that's really neat because it's for underprivileged kids and I get to direct their little orchestra. That's awesome. So that's excited. awesome. Yeah. I remember my parents. So my mom would work at the dog track over the in St. Pete in the summer. My dad taught summer school at Mirror Lake and that was how they, they got, they didn't have that program that they could kind of spread your money out. But when I started working, when I got out of law school, I, I was a prosecutor over in Pinellas County and not as bad as what you're describing, but we only got paid once a month. So I had to sp spread a paycheck out over the course of the month. And I was just reminiscing with my partner about knowing where every Amscot payday advance location was <laughs> right. in relation to there because I too was difficult. It is stretching that dollar out over the course of the month. You know, you live large that first weekend and then it's right. like ramen noodles and, you know, <laughs> avoid ducking phone calls for the right. other, other three weeks. So, uh, as far as music in the house, do you know, were you introduced to the instruments at an early age? Were they all just laying around the house or how did you kind of get into it? They were laying around the house, so we had a piano, and my dad had this organ, and he had a Wurlitzer, but then he had, like, an organ that had all the colored little buttons and 
switches, that's sure. what I say, switches all over. And he would just let us go. We just played and played on all that. And then he had guitars. So we played on guitars. Would he interject or would he just let you guys do what you wanted? He would let us do what we wanted unless we were being really loud. Yeah. And then turn it down. <laughs> turn it down. Set it down. Put it down. But my parents are just, anything musical we ever wanted to do, they made it happen. Whether they could afford it or not, it didn't matter. They I love that. That's it. how I feel. You know, my, my, my daughter loves to sing and dance and my son, he's kind of cooled out on it a little bit, but there was a minute there where he would put a guitar down and we bought him all these ukuleles. And then there's this, uh, it's a pretty cool company. I think it's called Lug, and they, they have these guitars and the fretboards are narrow. So the little kids can fret all. And it's, I think it's the top three strings. So you can still play a lot of the open chords on it. And they have like a, a game you can put on your phone and if you hit the right chord it it lights up and there's all wow. this stuff so i I, awesome. I would love it that would that you know I, I know a lot of parents want their kids to be doctors or astronauts or whatever i mean at the end of the day i guess you just want your kids to be happy whatever it is but i it would it would be a a personal win if i could get a kid doing something <laughs> in music or art um so, uh, did you have an affinity for a certain instrument at an early age, or did you just kind of go for everything? I had a, um, an itinerant music teacher named Doctor itinerant? itinerant. So, what that means is that they were not stationed at one school. Okay, they, they would travel around to different like schools a sweeper. The day. Yeah, yeah, I used okay. to do that too. Yeah, it was it was fun only because. I got to know a lot of kids from a lot of different schools. Sure. But traveling around gets old after a while. I'm sure. So um, he happened to show up at the exact time that I had to take a history test in fifth grade. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to go with that guy. So I saw to take the test later, which wasn't fun. Right. But he introduced us to the string family. And I didn't want to be like everybody else because everyone else picked the violin. And I was like, eh, I don't want to be like y'all. So I picked the cello. Right. My parents were like, you picked the what? The cello, there's no places in Daytona Beach that we can order you the yeah, cello. Yeah. So we had to get it from Indiana. Okay. And at that time, it was like $60 a month, which was ridiculous. You know, it's a lot. Was that like on layaway or is that a rental or it a lease? It was a rental. Or, oh, okay. They literally sent it down from Indiana. I remember when the What's a cello cost? It depends. Uh, you can you can get them for like three or four hundred, but they're also going to totally come apart. Yeah. You know, a decent cello, I would say, is at least 2000 Okay. You know, but it depends on where you go and who's selling stuff and giving things away. Right. There's just things that you look for, like the quality of the wood. Because if you end up with a poorly put together instrument, then you, you're not going to play it. Sure. You know? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's difficult to play. Right. So you should. I like the places that do you pay like a rental fee. Sure. And then they take your money and they roll it up. It's like a and, rent to own type situation. Yeah. And yeah. so it's a small amount of money per month. And then when you own it, what they do is they take that money and they put it toward either you rent another one or you can take whatever you paid like $400. They'd take the $400 and put it towards the next thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's very cool. So uh, what type of music was playing in the household? Was there music play? Was it was it classical music? Was it rock music? Was it folk? It what, what, everything. everything. My dad enjoyed turning this. My room was here. This is my room. There's a wall. There's an imaginary wall we're looking at. So my room is on the left side of the wall and the stereo is on the right side of the wall. So my dad would turn the speakers inward and oh, wow. play the 1812 overture as loud as he could to wake, to wake me specifically up on Sunday. Oh, wow. Um, but That's we, not the uh, Apocalypse Now one, is it? But he would do that. And then, but then we listened to Harry Chapin and Billy Joel. Okay. And my mom is very Jethro Tull. Okay. So, and she would 
steal some of my Metallica stuff every once in a while. So Metallica and Jethro Tull have an <laughs> interesting history with each other. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that. Well, yeah, they, uh, they, I think it was, it was an Injustice for All or the Black album and Jethro Tull won best metal album of the year instead of Metallica for what? like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So we had very, my mom likes to rock out. My dad is very folk singery. Are they still with us? Uh, yes. Do they yes. live in Daytona still or? No, when my daughter was born, our, I should say our, when our daughter was born, huh? they um, moved here. Okay. Well, very so. cool. And what about your sister? She lives here too. Oh, so the whole family. Made its way over here. Mm-hmm. How old's your daughter? She's 11. Okay. I can tell. I can tell in the photos. <laughs> yeah. I, I see all the, 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 the whole roller coaster of emotions that go along <laughs> with that. Uh, does she have any musical interests? What she, she listening, plays, playing, or? She plays the violin. Oh, wow. And she has perfect pitch. Oh, wow. Which is awesome except for when she walks by you when you're practicing oh, she's says, giving you shit yeah ma you that's no mom that's not in tune can you do that again i'm like don't you have a room <laughs> don't you have something to do don't you have homework <laughs> <laughs> but no she she enjoys all different kinds of music and i love that about her she'll listen to symphony but she's very much into electronic chill music mm-hmm. and she likes japanese music I don't even know. I couldn't tell you what Japanese music. I mean, like traditional Japanese music or like. No, like techno pop. Okay. Yeah. There's just a whole world out. I used to be cool. No longer am I cool. (laughs) Like now I don't know any of these people. Like my kids, you know, they'll, they love playing out in the pool. And so, you know, I'm always trying to find something that's appropriate for them to listen to. And there's this, it's called like kids party and, you know. I don't know any of it. Don't know who any of these people are. And it used to be like I was right on top of whoever the billboard is, but now it's just like what what I what I think is my cool music. Everybody's like, "This, you're such a dad. You're such a poser." <laughs> um. Anyway, so well, I, you know what I think is cool about that though is the fact that you didn't, you and your sister didn't rebel against your parents. Your daughter didn't rebel against you. You kind of you know picked up the the baton and ran with it. You know, because yeah. I'm always worried if you push too hard your tastes on your kids that they're gonna go another way. So somehow your parents were just the right amount helicoptery, and you with your daughter to not kind of push them away. Yeah, they they wanted to listen to what we listened to. However. There is a story I, that's when you had to like go and buy CDs. There's yeah. nothing in Daytona at that time to buy anything from anywhere. Right. So I wanted the Violet Femmes and it was the, it's like a double, whatever. It cost me like $40. Is that a cello they're playing on Let Me Go On? I think so. Yeah, it sounds like one. It does. Yeah, or an acoustic bass anyway. But we, um, I had to like find a friend to drive me to Orlando to pick it up and I brought it home and was playing it. And I wasn't paying attention. So, like, the first track is like, well, you can't fuck with this band. Mm. You can't. You mm. can't. My mom comes out of the kitchen, takes it right out. Heavy metal mom came out of the kitchen? And, and bro- she's like, you can't fuck with me either. And, like, broke it. And, like, oh, my God. Pieces. I was like, Wah! Oh, man. It was weird, though. I thought. Yeah. So, I learned that I had to wait until I made the dean's list in college to be able to swear in the house. Right. I was like, okay, that's fine. So that she couldn't do. Right. But everything else doesn't matter. Screaming into the microphone, just Uh, making puke noises. It's fine. (laughs) My parents didn't, they weren't okay with it, but they were also, I was an only child and they just kind of really didn't pay. I don't want to say they didn't pay attention, but they just kind of, I was just doing whatever. I mean, we, I had the Walkman. We didn't really have, we had a record play in the house, but I never played anything on the record player. I always play on the Walkman. So, you know, I, 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 I'm trying to think of my first 
bad music that I got into and it's probably Injustice for All. And then it, I didn't get, I wasn't so much into the rap thing at that. Like a lot of my friends love Two Life Crew and, you know, Ghetto Boys and all that other stuff. I, I like Public Enemy. I remember uh, Raw Bass and, you know, that kind of stuff. And then, of course, the Beastie Boys. But uh, the, the rap thing, I, I, I didn't. I didn't go down that rabbit hole as much as everybody else, but the metal I loved, but they, they didn't know, know shit because I had the the Walkman on. But I remember my dad had uh, George Carlin's, what is it, the seven words you can't yeah. say on TV? And it's like, <laughs> I was like, well, that's all the shit that they're saying anyway. And he right. does like an hour long routine on it. So, <laughs> but uh, anyway, so, um, so Violent Femmes. Okay. What other bands were you listening to at that time? Typical Nirvana, Green Day. Yeah. Yeah. All of that. Yeah. Especially because uh, Nirvana had cello. Yeah. That's yeah. Favorite. Did they have a cello in the unplugged one? Yes. I feel like they did. I mm-hmm. felt like that was a pretty significant part of that 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 I remember watching that. I think I was a freshman in college and that was a religious experience. That just seemed like there's it almost seemed like this weird harbinger of him killing himself. There was like this kind of thick darkness. Everybody was somber. And mm-hmm. I think it was the cello or, or, or some violins or whatever. And it's, there's just a heaviness. He was doing the uh, meat puppets covers. And then who's the one, uh, the, the blues standard guy that he covers in that one. Oh gosh. I don't, I don't know. Fucking, this room has magical qualities that fucking I played the whole suck, album sucks your brain out. Uh, I'm going to have to look this up. Sorry, everybody. Google University. Yeah. Mike, can you, can you, can you put in like that Jeopardy music or something <laughs> when uh, Nirvana unplugged, unplugged. I should know this. Set list. I, it's. I played this with Mel and C. That's Anson. Where did you sleep last night? Yes. The, oh my gosh. So what good. The, what the fuck's the name of the guy? I don't know, but that's our favorite song to play. All right, I don't know if that's y'all's favorite song. Sorry, guys, you're just gonna so. have to wait. I mean, this is just this is just what it is. Um, lead Belly, Lead Belly. Yes, I guessed it. By yes. the way, I was looking for it on my phone, didn't find it yet. Came up with it, Lead Belly. It's <laughs> in then, there somewhere. And then in the on the live album, he talks about how he was trying to buy the guitar, and it was like some crazy amount right. of money for it. Right. I mean, he covers fucking Lead Belly, Bowie, Meat Puppets. Uh, you know what else is there? So and so, I got to cover that with. Sean Palmer and Anson Mitchell. No. We did Melon C. Where were you? I've missed so much cool no! stuff. I know. <laughs> it was really know. fun. Oh, man. Okay. So I have to tell you when that happens again because you have to go. Because I, I play w- the vocals and they do the guitar. Really? And the bass. Yeah. I would be I'd be there in a heartbeat. And then all the rad cello parts. Yeah. Like Sean puts in underneath the bass parts. Oh, wow. Now, do you it's play fun. do you play any bass? Yes. But I my husband is a wicked bass player. So really? Yeah. Who's your husband? Joe Grady. Okay. Does he in a band or? He he plays a lot. He had some bands. Your PR people are better than his because I've heard of you. I I don't. You got to tell me about him. Well, Joe played a lot in like reggae, rock steady at eight. He had uh, his bands were like earlier than mine because I when I was in college, all I did was graduate. That was it. Yeah. Joe did everything. Right. He was in an older band called Rehoboth and they played all over. Okay. Um. And Rock City 8, which is a reggae band, okay. played in there. So right now what he does, he does a lot of theater work. Okay. And then- Is he if, doing like this job site or any of the other stuff? When they call him. Yeah. You know? okay. and so then he also plays with a couple of gentlemen like on the beach. If they need a bass player to come in and fill in, he does that. Okay. So what I'm trying to do though, is he has a really great friend named Paul Stoddard who plays guitar. Okay. And we're trying to get 
biscuits and gravy that was because joe and i did biscuits and gravy together and we did a lot of just different whatever we wanted and so um and put guitar bass drums you get your whole that. crew of people just have the best band names poetry <laughs> and lotion biscuits and gravy it's looks like <laughs> the holy terror yeah would you have the shirt hanging right there i do awesome. he brought it for me he goes he goes I, I he said what size shirt do you need and i was like a double x he's like i have a medium or something i was like yeah I'll just take my it wife to me. will. My wife, yeah, yeah. I might cut it out, and make it a patch on like a battle vest, a holy terror battle vest. Just that would be awesome. Confuse everybody. Um. So. So. But you. I mean. So here's here's we're we're getting to the 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 fringes of my musical knowledge. But okay. I mean, if you can play a cello, you can play a bass, right? Pretty much. Yeah, but there's bass technique that I'm not sure great at. Sure, but I mean, so the the cellos never have frets, right? They're always fretless. Violin, viola, cello, and double bass. Okay, okay. So that that's always what freaks me out is knowing where the notes are. But I, I mean, I guess that's you're, it's a matter of muscle memory, and you're you're just hearing it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I always thought that was cool. I'm trying to remember who I don't know it was Morphine or who the band was. There was a band in like the '90s, and the guy played a fretless bass, and I always thought it was crazy i mean i guess it's probably not that crazy but for well, me I thought no, it, was crazy. It, it just depends you can get fretless electric basses too yeah and they have this certain sound like it's not it i always I feel like the transition before between the notes is a little bit more rubbery and smooth like yeah. you can kind of uh do you know who blake mills is no he's a guitarist he's like a he's like an amazing guitarist and he's done some solo work but he's also done like he's like the session guy that it, like like uh Rick Rubin's like doing an album with it was like uh Neil Diamond or something and they needed guitars and they call him and he's like all these amazing like top 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 tier artists when they need session musicians brought in Blake Mills is kind of the guy that they always brings in and his big thing is I my you know I get so bored with instruments that my big goal is making them sound like other instruments <laughs> and so he 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 was I'll just send you this video where he's like up and down the fretboard very quick and it sounds like a middle eastern like a sitar like you know kind of where there's he's not bending the notes but he's sliding between the notes so quickly that it sounds like he's bending them it's just really cool and he does a lot of stuff with uh harmonics and just Mm -hmm. you know what 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 can i get out of this that not everybody else is getting out of this right so when did you start playing live was it more in an orchestral setting or was it in bands or or how how did that go oh my gosh my band playing came so late i played in um symphonies i started playing cello when i was 10 okay and so i just kept playing so i played all through uh, middle school and high school and ended up getting a scholarship and i went to stetson for my bachelor's over in deland yeah it's oh cool so pretty so i'm a stetson Gulfport guy <laughs> so somewhat alumni yeah <laughs> mad <laughs> hatter yeah cool. right they actually have a, a don't they have a football team now Baseball. No, they've always had baseball. I think they finally have a football team. I'm the worst alumni. Like UCF <laughs> is always hitting me up for money. I'm like, fuck off. You guys cheaped out on me when I was there. I'm yeah, not giving you seriously. shit. Yeah. Like I have any money to give anybody. But you, you, you get my point. <laughs> but, um, oh, so symphonies are my first love. So, and I will sit and listen to a symphony. And while a lot of people will think you fall asleep during that, but it's because there's so many components to a symphony playing when you listen to it. Like your brain freaks out. Well, you know, 
you know what's going on. So here's here's a here's a, an analogy. So I you know I started when uh, about 2008 doing jujitsu, and a lot of people watching jujitsu get bored of shit because it just looks like two guys laying on top of each other. <laughs> but if you do it, you know that this guy is working to try and grab that guy's sleeve or to grab, and you're seeing all these little micro moves, ten right. steps in advance, and you're like, so to you, it's you know the epic scene of of, of the movie, but to everybody else, you're like they're just literally laying there so i would imagine you know even since i've become more of a fan of music you know listening to like oh what he's doing there with the drums is really cool or what so right. i imagine for you with the symphony it's like oh you know you know you're hearing all these things that to the untrained ear or to the people who are not so inclined maybe aren't getting all the subtle differences i mean is that yeah uh, but also too it's a history of the pieces just like when you listen to anyone you know they play a song you're like oh man that's when that person's like favorite human being disappeared off the face of the earth or, or whatever is the happiest moment in their life. Right. And it's the same. It's just, you know, 300 years ago. <laughs> and so, but listening and knowing the history of it is fantastic. And I know that for, uh, when we went to like Florida orchestra concerts, the conductor will take the time to explain to all this. say, Hey, yeah. so about this piece, what you're going to listen to and explain it. It's the best because you're listening to a movie play. The soundtrack's already going and the movie's playing in your head. Right. And you know, like, what's going to happen. That's right. I, I completely get that because, I mean, I I am not a sports person. And because of my size, people always think that I, I'm a football person or whatever. So they'll start talking to me about it. And I just my eyes roll back in my head. But, <laughs> I, I, you know, it's a similar thing with that type of nature is i think a, a common human element but what we apply it to is different you know some people it's the the gators some people it's symphonies some people it's skateboarders some people it's whatever and you just know your mind is just hungry to know all of these parts and the depth and the context and the and it's it makes it that much more valuable to you so mm -hmm. that's very cool so when did you start kind of going into the to the, the 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 we'll call it rock world i don't know if that's <laughs> the the band, the, the band world um i started in college there was um, where'd you go oh Setson. Setson, okay yeah. and so um there was a band there that wanted me to play. So we ended up playing at what was up and Adam. Okay. And, <laughs> on a, it's international. It's on series in Daytona. I can't believe I remembered that. Anyway, so we played there. That was super fun. What type of music? It was just loud rock. Okay. I don't even think anyone heard. I, I didn't know anything about a pickup or anything about that. But then I moved to Tampa. and um, What brought and you to Tampa? I got married to my first husband. Okay. And we came over and I just started teaching. And so that ended two years later. What year are we talking? I moved here in 1999. Okay. So 2001. Okay. And then after that, I just had to get myself together because I was a hot mess. And so I ended up meeting Joe. He was a teacher too. And I thought, I thought he was married. That was hysterical. Like yeah. it was a big, it was, it was fun. The, the whole nutshell story is I thought he was married and he wasn't. And um, at New World, he was friend, too good to be true. There's no way he couldn't be <laughs> snatched up by he somebody. Yeah, carried himself like a dude who had someone. Yeah, like know. he had responsibilities. Right, I know. <laughs> so, but it ended up that uh, he ended up going to New World with a friend of mine. Okay. And I was looking for my friend. My friend's like, "Oh, I'm at New World with Joe Grady," and I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, that's a shame. I'm sad that he's taken." So my friend's like, "Yeah, I gotta. I, you know, music's coming out. I'll call you later." I'm like, "What?" And that was it. And he called me from the men's room and he was like, hey, so do you want his number? I'm like, get on that. Let's go. Yeah. So that's how all that came about. Oh, very cool. But um, 
band. So that this is why that's important because I was looking for a bass case for Joe okay. for Christmas. I think it was Christmas and he needed a new case. So I went to guitar center to find it. And this guy, Danny, who's, I played in a band called candy bars. And mm-hmm. so Danny Martinez said, uh, I'm checking out. A lot of food-related band names we yeah. got. <laughs> I did not pick them. <laughs> so, but uh, he said, hey, do you know anyone that plays the cello? And I was like, I play the cello. And he's like, oh, cool. Well, we're looking for a cellist and here's our music. And I put it in the CD player and I couldn't get it out. And I hated it so much because it was just so slow. Yeah. And I was like, my brain is melting out of my ears, but I couldn't get it out. I had so to it was listen stuck to in there. it. Right. <laughs> and eventually, like, I really liked it. So I started playing with them. Uh-huh. And Ryan Hastings was playing drums. And that was really, that was like when I first started playing here. So I got involved with them. Now, did you get into the whole Yeomans on Davis Island scene with like Nowicki and all that with like when they were playing there? So how do you meet Nowicki and all that crew? So that everything kind of just like branches out into other things. So the candy bars era (laughs) ended, unfortunately, Ryan passed away in a motorcycle accident, which was awful. Sorry to hear that. And it was, that was the most terrible day, but um, I'm going to move on. Okay, so <laughs> so there was that part of it. And then I actually didn't play for a bit because I just didn't want to. And then I ended up running into um, – I played with the brand-new Opiates. Okay. And so Lou Clazo was doing that with Matt. And we had – I don't remember everyone else. But <laughs> Joe played bass for a while. Sure. And um, Brian Smith was was uh, playing guitar. That was awesome. So, But I had to learn – they wanted violin. Right. So I was like, okay – so I'll learn how to play violin. Like I knew how to play violin, but not that way. Right. So yeah. I learned how to do that with them. Then after that happened, I was I was playing a gig with Lou and Anson Mitchell. And Anson said, hey, I've got this band called Band of Sorrows. Do you think that you want to come and play? And I was like, sure. I have never been so nervous my entire life. I got completely lost. I was supposed to go to um, the bass player Sean's house lost i was terrified to walk in i didn't know any why of do you think just because it was all people you hadn't met or because yeah. you'd been playing for a good deal by that yeah, point but it's too. different like they wanted like a whole different genre of music and i was like anton i'll do my best so i went and had a great time everyone was super cool so then i was playing with them for a while so then what happens is because i'm like in a different bunch of people i remember sure. when john uh, it was a he, super spreader event. You just yeah. got introduced to a whole bunch of new. Yeah. Right. And so then we would go play. And I remember John asking me if I wanted to play in Holy Terror. And I promise you, I called Joe and I said, sit down. John Nowicki. I'm going to say it again. John Nowicki asked me to play in his band. I'm going to repeat myself. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, John to me is like tampa yeah <laughs> That's yeah him. he's everywhere all yeah, the time he really is and so that was the best ever so then by being with them and playing with band of sorrows then like all these other branches started coming out yeah how did well quinlan and you work into that's fantastic it? i the i was playing a show with lou and um Will was inside eating his dinner okay. at the end of the bar where he sit. He sat. Well, he still probably. Now still I've never. Sp- I've I've messaged with him on Facebook, but mm-hmm. I hear he's a he's a very quiet, heavy hearted, introspective kind. Of, he's not a conversationalist. He can or, be. You just got to get him there. Yes, you got to <laughs> grease the wheels a little bit. I enjoy talking to yeah, him, yeah. but you know, it's you, and it's also environment. If it's like super loud, he's not. Yeah. So he had just gotten done putting up with my child beforehand because she was like five. Uh-huh. And, you know, at New World, they had the end of the bars here and he would sit here. But then they had like the little hockey table. Yeah. Yeah. My kid is five, freaking out, jumping up and down. Yay! 
<laughs> and there's Will trying to eat his dinner. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know who he was. So I was like, oh, I'm so sorry, sir. I'm so oh. sorry. And he's like, hmm. and then, <laughs> I mean, he wasn't rude. No, he just but didn't yeah. have anything to say. So I he was doesn't playing, have kids, does he? No. Okay. So I was I was playing with uh with Lou, and he sent somebody I don't remember who it was to come and get me. Ooh. And I could see him right in there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, who? So he said, the guy, Will, Will Quinlan. Don't you know Will Quinlan? I was like, no. He said, just look right in there. It's that guy with the hat. I yeah. was like, okay. What does he want? She's going to yell at me about my kid. <laughs> How <laughs> no, dare he? <laughs> Joe had already taken her home, so that was over. But um, I went in there, and he was. we talked for a bit, and he was like, so do you want to play some songs? And I was like, yeah. And I'm like, grab my stuff. Oh, well, I'm like, Joe, yeah. Will Quinley. <laughs> I repeat myself <laughs> for a third time. Yeah. Right? <laughs> But this is then that's how that happened. So now I've kind of like moved over into um, playing with like Liam Bauman and Taylor Rayner and Deb Ruby, who's all amazing. Well, it's really it is, it's such a rich environment here. It's just, you know, it's it, it's it, I say it's a shame, but maybe it's not a shame. But I, I, I just don't think because I didn't people know what we have here. You know, it's really insane how much amazing music local you know locally sourced amazing music is playing everywhere every weekend and uh you know i took well you you saw my wife there i think you played did you didn't play with have gun did you play with have gun or did you play with the opening act opening act yeah what was her name yeah Yeah, yeah. okay um because you know i i had seen you with will like a week or two before and then i got those tickets and no one else in my group of six people me and five other people had any idea about have gun and so um by the end of it they're like they like they've all since like thanked me repeatedly and like listened yeah. to it and like have it on replay i was like i was like if you if i played you that in a car you would have no idea that they weren't like some national i mean they are national like but you get my point yeah. like like the level of talent locally that you can just go fucking sit right next to the stage and watch it have gun mm-hmm. is like top 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 notch and i mean like there was a couple times i almost cried during will's show like i mean when he did the tom petty cover and i love that was, uh, that song gets me every time and mm-hmm. then he fucking closes with ozzy osbourne i was like <laughs> I was like these the gifts just keep on coming and so that was such a rad show and then you and john on stage with them i was like oh this is so cool i know all these people so <laughs> it was it was really rad so um well anyway so uh who who are you kind of playing with routinely now so are you just kind of for hire how, how does that work do people just reach out and they, they everybody's got your number and oh yeah now like do, do they send you the music and you just learn it like a week or two before or is it how, how does that work i like to rehearse although yeah. that doesn't work out very often well with covid i mean rehearsals are kind of a not happening yeah too often have so. to like be away from yeah. each other but um i play uh with melon c okay um i play with now here's a whole different category of people i play with the former contenders okay which has a lot of of the flat Stanley members in it. Okay. So talk about having to get used to just like, I'm not going to say noise cause it's not, cause it sounds good, but my goodness, like you have to, your ears have to be ready to be in that. Well, and I love that. I mean, you know, there's, you have like these Steve Albini and these different types of people historically, you know, um, uh, who's big black, that's Steve Albini. And then John Zorn and all these different types of music that, 
you're you have to like prime the pump to <laughs> have it find a, a place in your brain to kind of exist. So I love it. Yeah. And so then I play with Will a lot. Okay. And so I've also started playing with um hip hop artist Pusha Preem. Okay. And so I played with him in February and we're gonna play again. Is he with January Mike Mass's deal at all, Wave Theory? Or no. Oh, okay. Like they're they know because did Mike Mass just do something with Holy Terror backing him up or yes, something like that? And it was absolutely rad. That sounds amazing. It I didn't get fantastic. to see it, but yeah. Were and you I, playing in that too? Yes. Oh, very cool. And I'm gonna be playing this Thursday um with Mike Mass, but uh there's a band that's been put together. So Sean Palmer is playing bass, I'm playing cello, Matt Salvador is playing drums. Oh wow. Mike Mass, K3, and oh my god, perception. The, we're all going to be in the park from 11 to 1 at Gaslight Park. God, how the fact that you play as much as you do, you're a mom, you're a school teacher, like, do you sleep ever? Ish. Ish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's summer. Like, well, now, well, now's your time. Now's your time. And pl- not to mention, like, a million shows are getting announced every five seconds. I like know. it's it's insanity. Like I can't spend my all my summer money on. Oh, poor tickets. Elliot next door over here. He's like <laughs> trying to go up to to decibel spit this thing and furnace fast, and then he's playing in fest up in Gainesville. He's got nice. a show at Hooch and Hive in two weeks, and so it's all going it's all going nuts. And then I got this. I was t- talking to you a little bit. That teenage bottle rocket thing is just crazy like yeah fbi is investigating death threats now i mean it's insanity yeah people i just people are that they just want something to hate about something to argue about something to fight about like i don't even you know like they always tell married couples it's like what you're arguing about is probably not what you're really fighting about. Like right. you're probably the, probably the issue is something else. And it's just the laundry happened to be what set it off that day. Yeah. I feel like America is this married couple. It's this <laughs> dysfunctional married couple. And there's all this shit that they won't talk about. So they're going to fight about vaccines and they're going to fight about this thing. And they're going to fight about the other thing. And our country needs marriage counseling. I don't know. <laughs> or maybe a divorce. That's the other answer. Maybe a divorce. That this, this, this secession. You can you can take I want to take Texas though. Give them like fucking North Dakota or something. Right? Like what what's one of the worthless states that we don't need? <laughs> you can just take these three and do with it. You can you can try and shovel snow all day long and not take your vaccines. Texas is a lot. Is it's a lot. A that's lot. a big that's a fucking, you know. Huge. That's a big. That's a yeah. California. I mean, can't believe they could take Florida. <laughs> they probably mostly live there anyway. Right? <laughs> you know, we could just all move up up north. But so, what shows do you have on the horizon? You no, I got to remember them. All. That's fine. So it's Thursday. Actually, I don't really think I have a lot. Okay. I, Thursday. That'll change. The contenders are playing. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. No, that's okay. <laughs> I don't remember. I'm sorry. There, I, I know we're playing um, at Hooch and Hive. We're not playing at Hooch and Hive. We're playing at Shuffle. I can't do okay. two things at once. That's all right. So, yeah. We'll post production. We, we, we have a Melissa Grady sound alike that we'll just have come in and <laughs> rattle off all the shows. And um, I don't know. I like to pack everything with shows. That's what I want to do. I want to play. And does your husband come? Does your daughter come? I mean, is it a family affair? Yeah, if they can. Sometimes for my daughter, I'm like, eh, no. Not, not the best mm-hmm. environment. Yeah. So... Yeah, there's some open mics I want to try out. I like Shuffle's open mic. Yeah. And there's another one over on Davis Island. Completely just forgot what that bar is called. But it's Irish Bar on Davis Island. Yeah, yeah. And John Shea and Matt Salvador run one over there. 
Very and cool. it's really a lot of fun. Very cool. So let's talk Mr. Bungle. <laughs> How did you become a fan of Mr. Bungle? I heard it in high school. Yeah. So yes. was that the first album or was that? Oh my gosh. I'm so bad with history. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but it, it's funny because uh, they kind of were one of those bands that kind of disappeared out of people's consciousness for a long time until they just put out that new album and then right? kind of. Right. I'm going to look it up because I don't remember. I can probably sing you all the songs on it. The one with the clown face on it. I mean, it's probably the one you got. It probably is. I absolutely love this so much. And well, it's funny because you know you you and you and you could be comparable to Mike Patton because he you know sings opera, he does hip hop, he does metal, he does punk, <laughs> he does hardcore, and he can do amazing things with his voice too. And so he's very much kind of likes to paint with different colors. So. Uh, in, in a way, um, you're not only are you Tampa's only cellist. I'm sorry to your no. friend. I'm just going to keep calling you that. But you're also Tampa's Mike Patton. That might be the title of this of this episode. <laughs> That's like the biggest compliment. Well, there you go. There you go. So uh, today's your birthday. Are you doing anything yeah. cool tonight? Going out to dinner? Or? Uh, no. I from three to six, I'm going to go hang out and eat and drink at Four Green Fields. Oh, fun. And then Shuffles play tonight at eight thirty. Oh, it's and, the Tuesday night deal, yeah, right? Yeah. And that's where I will be until probably Joe drives me home. Awesome. Well, that's, that's a good a good time. <laughs> what I want to do actually for Mr. Bungle, because I have an orchestra. Okay. And it's same day delivery orchestra. And we haven't done stuff in a while just because it's just hard to get. There's 10 of us. It's hard to get 10 I'm people together. completely down with whatever you're about to say. <laughs> I want to, because you keep seeing me point to my shirt. Yeah. I want to select, because they're so hard and complicated. Sure. At least two Mr. Bungle songs to write for same day. That would be amazing. So you can play it. You just need to like keep me, uh, you know, the, the the Nirvana thing, the Mr. Bungle thing, all these things that you're a part of. I, 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 you got to let me know. We got to. I, that was one of the things that I wanted to do with this podcast. I, I'm sure. So I guess creative loafing kind of does this, but I wanted there to be like a, 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 a central place that you could see all of this cool stuff. Like, because I don't think it gets communicated well enough. You know, and if you're not friends with those people, like on Facebook or whatever, you don't. You just wouldn't know about it, right? But, you know, like a like a I don't know, I don't know what it would be. I have to I have to cook on this one a little bit longer. Have but... you gone to Thanksgiving? No, <gasps> I, I'm not. Oh my yeah. gosh, I am taking you on. <laughs> yeah, there's so I much need stuff. To tell you what to do? No, oh, for this sure. Well, so you know, since 2014, I've been a dad, and so and I know you're a mom, but I I really like. I got a seven-year-old daughter who we put in every fucking thing. She does horse riding, surfing, sewing, oh softball. Fuck it. What did we just put her in this summer? Um, oh, she's going to start doing tennis. And then my son is starting to pick up stuff. So, literally, it's like, I don't have a minute. On top of being an attorney, on top of all this other stuff. But, yeah, I was talking. So, Thanksgiving, definitely. I've never been to Fest before. I'm going this year. I was talking to my buddies in Wolf Base and. Uh, they did a purgatory, which they're looking at maybe relaunching again. And I've been talking with Sean O'Brien about, you know, we really need a, a bigger promotion here locally for heavy metal music, hardcore music. Please. I just started, I just started a band, Prisoner Hostage. We had our first practice on Saturday. Talk about being nervous. You're talking about getting lost. So everybody in the band is in like a million bands. I've never been in a band before. And I'm the singer. And so I was like freaking the fuck out That's the whole awesome. time. Yeah. And then the drummer started passing around whiskey and I, I kind of. Loosened, loosened up a little but it's funny because i've been i've been to, i have my third singing lesson tonight nice. and it's funny because i'm taking singing lessons to, to scream into a microphone <laughs> you know inaudibly but i just i just want to like not destroy my throat and and learn how to like 
you know, not gas out mid mid phrase, you know, kind of keep the lyric till the end. So that's really awesome. We'll see how it goes. I mean, it could be I, I was so my my kind of line before Saturday was this could be a complete fucking train wreck or it might be cool since Saturday. I know it's going to be cool. The only missing piece is me like the rest. <laughs> they wrote the, they in the course of five hours wrote three like pretty badass songs and so now it's just, you know, I got to write the lyrics and and put put the, the vocals over it. But worst case scenario, there's a badass instrumental band or, <laughs> and even uh, Ade, the uh, the uh, one of the guitarists who's in the Black Clash and a bunch of other stuff. He just started screaming nonsense and sounded great. So I was like, OK, well, you guys don't need me. But in any yeah, event, that's fantastic. I'm, I'm really stoked. We'll see. Yeah, that. we'll see how that goes. But. And then, but that's how see, that's how I felt, though. Is the same way that I came into everything because imposter me, syndrome. Yeah. yeah. But me being out until, I mean, two, three, four in the morning doing stuff is nuts. I didn't do any of that when yeah. I was in school. I yeah. did nothing like that. I went and picked people up, but I didn't go. Well, you've got more of the moral compass and kind of the ballast. Like you uh, can, I don't know. About no, that. that's, that's <laughs> you're, you're, you're making up for past. Uh, <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like my husband's like, I'm just going to be on the couch because when he was younger, like, he got he, all that out of his system. Yes. And he played and played. And even when we were dating, even the first few years we were married, we had, you know, our daughter, like he was out and that was fine. But for me, I never felt comfortable enough to go anywhere. Yeah. And so I've gone just, just this last year of being trapped in the house, like especially being trapped in my own head. Yeah. I did a lot of, like, I found a counselor and just a lot of talking and trying to figure out like why I'm stuck in a bottle. That's what I felt like. Mm-hmm. And so- Going through all this and trying to figure out myself is really it's so important. Like, I'm so glad you're doing that. I've, I've I've had a therapist for about the past five or six years, and that and Prozac were the best money I ever spent because that's the first thing. It was I don't think it's Prozac. I don't know. Well, I was on Lexapro. Well, it's, it's Lexapro. Legit. That's the one. Yeah, I was on Lexapro, but it makes you sweat like a motherfucker. At least for me, um. I was like putting my clothes on sweaty. I was like, this is horrible. <laughs> and he's like, well, try Prozac, and the sweating kind of went away, but. That, that, so did, did, are you, do you take medicine or? I do. Okay. And I also found out that I'm super ADHD, yeah. which I knew, but I never had been like diagnosed yeah. with. And so just through a series of ridiculous events, I ended up being, you know, going and seeking out uh-huh. mental health and I needed it. Well, it's funny because, and tell me if this is your experience, like for me, I had this way that I felt all of my life. And I was just like, so I guess that's how you feel about things. You just, you wake up with a heaviness, you wake up feeling guilty, you wake up feeling nervous about things. And it's like, okay, well, that's just existential dread, you know, Catholic upbringing and just kind of everything that goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) everything, you know, that's just what you feel like. And then, uh, you know, when things started coming to a head with my parents' health, I went, and and started the therapy and that was great because you know it, it like you said you most of the times the, the catharsis never comes from them it comes from you talking to them yeah. like saying things and you hear yourself say something you're like oh like okay that i now i get that or now mm-hmm. i get this or whatever the other thing was and so that was definitely improvement but but it wasn't going fast enough for me or i wasn't like there there was a lot of that weight still there and so finally um you know, the therapist is like, well, I'm not big on pharma, you know, pharmaceuticals or whatever, but if you're going to do it, go to this guy. He's, he's conservative. He's not just going to push whatever on you. He's going to check with you and make sure you're. So I did that. And they said it takes a while, but you know, I just was at dinner with my wife on Friday and I just said, I, I've never been happier 
in my life. I'm just so thrilled by my family. I'm so thrilled by my children, by, you know, where we're living and how work is going. And I just, you know, I have my daily battles with people, but to be able to just feel that lightness is, it's, it's the best thing ever. I mean, I'm so thankful for it. And it's, therapy and medications, which it's funny because for a lot of artists, they worry that it's going to numb their edge or numb their creativity or numb their whatever. And I mean, have you found that to be the case at all? No, I get out of my own way a lot easier. Yeah. And I found that this sounds harsh, but I found like for a lot of just things, I don't care. Yeah. Like I'm going to show 100%. what I'm going to do. And can I, can I be rude for a second and ask course. how old you are? Oh, I'm 45. So I'm 45. Same age. All right. Yes. <laughs> I think some of that is age too. Like you just kind of are like, it's less important for me to be popular now. And, and the, really the cool thing now is it's less important for me to be right. Like, you know, I, I held on to being right for a long time. That was mm -hmm. like the, the hill that I would die on. And I'm like, all right, whatever, <laughs> whatever. You know, maybe I'm wrong, you know? So it, it being able to kind of give, give up the wins that you need as a young person, as an older person, and just kind of like, you can like me, you're not like me, but you know, at 45, you're kind of who you are, right? Yeah. I mean, you're not going to, for better or for worse, you're not going to well, be I'm doing... learning that. Like, it's because I've never been, like, air quote, popular. It's Me just, neither, I mean, yeah. And I didn't want to be. And I was always the one who was like, cool, I'll be over here. And I still do that. And it, it, but people it's... are now drawn to you for, <laughs> for the right reasons. People are drawn right. to you because you're cool. You're cool not because you try to be. It's just because... They've come around to see, you know, that's what's, that's what's cool, not this other stuff. So Well, and I didn't just... There's there's pockets of people that I hang out with. I forgot to mention this is really important. You'll be in, back on at in some the middle point, right? of all that in the middle with candy bars and everything. I started playing with um, Rec Center, which is Keith and Susie Ulrey and Brian oh, yeah, yeah. and Mike Waxman. And this this is why this is part of that. I, they have been friends forever, and I have that experience with two people. They have like an entire giant group of friends. And Joe's like that too. Yeah. Where he is his best friend from when he was like 17, like lives right in Temple Terrace. Yeah. And so that's the same with now the current group of people I hang out with. Like they've known each other forever and they have been through a lot. everything together. Yeah. And so for me to see that is and like watch it. It's a family. It's I mean, different. it really is. Yeah. But my family sometimes, like, they're a little bit different when it comes to those things. Because, you know, I hate to throw religion in there, but I'm Catholic and Jewish. So uh -huh. I'm cashier when I get double guilt. So the way that it goes is it's more like they would, like, cut that person out immediately. Like, right. there's no, you just don't find out about that until all of a sudden no one's talking to you. And so it's different with the group of people that I'm hanging out with. It's different. And yeah. so like learning that now is kind of cool because my kid's 11 and she's about to go to middle school and experience like some of the most terrible humans she's probably going to meet. Right. And so now I can push that you know, onto her. And I've, we've already taken a lot of time to emphasize with her. Like, I don't, it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter if you're popular. It doesn't matter. You need to be a good human. Yeah. And that's how you have to conduct yourself. And if the whole rest of your class doesn't do that, cool. This is what you're going to do. Yeah. It scares the shit out of me, especially with social media and all this other stuff, because it's just become so much easier to kind of get in a little kid's head and kind of fiddle with their perspective on things. And kinda... It really, like, we act, there's been, um, we have some safety measures on her. She has an iPad. It is not hooked up to the She internet. play Roblox. Sometimes, but what I'm there and I know she's 11 and I know I probably don't have to helicopter like that, but I do because 
and I, I have access to her whole, her iPad is mine mm-hmm. and I have access to the whole thing. And, and it's actually worked out because I can talk to her and say, Hey, come here. So let's talk about how this is going. And she knows she trusts us that we're, I'm not going to be like, what is your issue? It's not yeah. like that. Yeah. Just come here. This is going to really, people commit suicide over this. Yeah. Part. And she hasn't said it, which thank God, like right. it's the, her other friends that are like pushing around this other kid. Yeah. And I'm showing it to her. She was like, I didn't even realize that. She's like, that I'm blocking them. I'm blocking them. Yeah. I'm like, you should, because that's, you know, you, You've I want to pick out quality people now right? and learn that that's just not okay. Yeah. 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 It's, it scares me. I mean, seven, it's not 11, but she seems like she's going on 16 <laughs> and, and, and I, I'm not, I'm not quite as, a. Uh, not, I don't want to say understanding, but I, my, I kind of flip out a lot easier, but, but at the same time, I'm the pushover in the family. Like my wife's like, you got to say no and mean no, because if they know that no doesn't mean no, then they're just going to do whatever (laughs) they're just going to keep pushing through. I know, but I just, I, I, I found that I like yelling and cursing and all that other stuff, which doesn't do anything to help them at all, except teach them curse, curse my, my son, my wife was out of town and my son, uh, I gave him a smoothie to drink. We have these large white drapes in the back. Back, and he set a smoothie on the edge of his like table and it dumped all up the side of this. Oh, this and I went, Oh fuck. <sighs> and now every chance my three-year-old son gets, he's like, you said, Oh fuck. You said, Oh fuck about the drapes. I didn't like that. Don't say, Oh fuck. You, you said, Oh fuck. He <laughs> no. says it in front of the teachers, says it in no. front of family, in front of the grandma. <laughs> I didn't like when you said, Oh fuck. I don't, I, I won't say, Oh fuck, but you don't say, Oh fuck. And I was like, <laughs> Oh my God, that's the thing you remember. But oh well. Oh, well, I mean, it's, that's all right to screw up our kids just the way that our parents screwed us up. Although it sounds like your parents did a pretty good job and you're doing a pretty amazing job. Well, happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming in. Uh, I, I hopefully you'll come back because I, I just think as shows pick up and things get going, there's going to be all sorts of new stuff to talk about. Yes. Uh, I'm excited to see your other stuff. I, if you do the Mr. Bungle thing, let me know. Let me know the next time you do the Nirvana thing. Okay. I hope you have a blast today at, at you said shuffle and oh, four green fields. Yeah. Oh, man, are you even going to make it to shuffle? I'm going to go home and take a nap. That's why I'm okay. only staying till six. Okay. All right. And I'm works. not driving. I always wanted to try Bill Murray. There was this article that he put out a couple of years ago about he would take these like tumblers and he would fill them with ice and then pour champagne. And he would just drink that all day long and the water from the ice would keep him hydrated and somehow he could maintain <laughs> a buzz over long, long periods of time. Which if you're ever putting that much thinking into your drinking, there's other issues there. But I always wanted to see if that worked. <laughs> oh, well, I digress. Thank you so much, Miss Grady. I'm going to call you Miss Grady because you're a teacher. Um, no, for, Melissa, All right. Please. Thank you, Melissa, for coming in. Uh, I really appreciate it, especially on your birthday. Uh, happy birthday and wish you great success and hope to see you again soon. Thank you for having me.